Welcome to episode 460 of Troubadours and Tours, with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. On this week's program, we have an excellent conversation with artist, singer, songwriter, performer, Carrie Kenny. We discuss growing up in an Irish bar, the coal mines, County Mayo, music composition in Krakow, Poland, working class people in Ireland, Poland, and throughout the world, family being scrappy, and reading the crowd. An excellent conversation with Carrie Kenny this go-round. We have an EWSA titled Yin Eggs, Yang Kin, and we share some actual facts and figures via Harper's Magazine and its Harper's Index, the 2022 February issue. We have a poem called Sternum, and of course, all of this will be imbued, infused with the wonderful energy of several great tunes. It is so nice to be with you. Let's get to it. Episode 460 of Troubadours and Rock On Tours.
Yin eggs, yang kin. I walk this world like a wobbly otter. As the chips dealt me get fewer, the days colder and the nights hotter. Forever in the depths of the old country. Judged and guided secretly under my natural way. It influences, and I, without even knowing, obey. The song and dance, the cultural ideas of success and romance. How history happened. The earth becomes flattened into black and white duality of doubling dichotomy, revolving around the yellow-orange sun. Without a sense, really, of how this whole humanity-sapiens thing has begun, and a tear rolls out of my brown eye without any notice, deeply indulgent, positioned calm in lotus, and over my cheekbone, on the surface of this olive skin, covered with white curly hair over my jowls and chin, hiding a cleft that to some makes me more handsome, regardless of what resides within. I know that poetry is beautiful and that my small dog has hardly any teeth and pisses on the rug instead of letting us know he has to go, and I cannot convince him to do otherwise. The wooden wind chimes made in China remind me of Japan. We hung those from the eve of the back porch overhang, a symbol and sounds guiding our clan. Today and yesterday and tomorrow there is a continuum of sound, unabound. It reverberates through the houses the woods, the flowing streams that gleam and glean everything. As the planet cycles continue in orbit and spin, us all in the proverbial wind, the movement creates. As if we are untethered free from our nascent worry and manufactured sins, our ancestors through now, two descendants playing instruments, telling our stories of how, inspiring yin eggs not yet fertilized into yang kin. And thus it will begin again and again. a year just to ask me how to go pretty good not bad I can't complain but actually everything is just about the same 
girl from Venus Her insides were lined in gold But she did what she did Said I was a kid She was politely told Pretty good Not bad I can't complain But actually Everything is just about the same Moonlight makes me dizzy Sunlight makes me clean Your light is the sweetest thing That this boy has ever seen She was doing good till she went in the woods and got pinned up against the law. Pretty good, not bad, she can't complain. Cause actually, all them dogs are just about the same. Moonlight makes me dizzy. Hello, Carrie Kenny, is that you? It is me. Thank you How so you much. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for being on Troubadours and Rock on Tours. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh, I look forward to talking with you. Before we get started, let me share a little bit of background with the listeners. Carrie Kenny is a singer, songwriter, and teacher who has been singing and performing many genres of music her entire life. Carrie has studied Irish music in Ireland, film scoring at NYU, and computer music composition at the Academy of Music in Krakow, Poland. She has performed in South Korea, led bands in New York City, and toured Europe. The Carrie Kenny Band performs shows and festivals all over the world. Troubadours and Rock on Tours is happy to have on the program 
Carrie Kenny. So again, thanks so much for being on the program and uh, want to get into um, from the start, I guess, your your uh, early days. I understand you spent a lot of time in a bar, an Irish bar, growing up. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. How'd that occur? Yeah. Well, my great-grandmother from Ireland, uh, who the family had settled in Archbald, not far from Scranton there, and um, the two of her sons had uh, passed away in the mines, were killed in the mines, actually, tragically, and the money that she got from that, from the from their passing, she used to purchase the bar, which uh, was a uh, butcher shop at that time. And she let she had my grandfather, who was the youngest of thirteen, um, take over the bar, run the bar. She said, you know, basically, I cannot have, I cannot lose another son to the mines. I, I'm not going to go through this again. So she set him up in business, and the rest is history. And they were a musical group, um, the entire family. Uh, as a child, I would, I was practically competing with my great aunts who were playing the accordion and singing and <laughs> at, at family parties. So it was funny. They would ask, you know, the kids to get up, and then my my great aunts would also get up. Wait a minute, we've got a song for you, you know. So that's great. It was always fun. And, and yeah. that, <clears throat> so the the bar initially was purchased. Uh, Back in the what middle twentieth century? It, well, yeah. So, oh, gee, I wish I had the date in front of me now, but it was like twenty eight or twenty nineteen twenty eight or twenty nine. Oh, the That's first! Cheaper. Wow, yeah. even earlier. Yeah, yeah, earlier. Mm-hmm. So, it, it's been there a long time. Just getting out. Of, is it still there? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're gonna have a big uh, blowout for St. Patrick's Day this year again. So we always have one for Parade Day and uh, usually on the day of, to the 17th. So this year it'll be March 12th, and we serve the ham and cabbage dinners, which we've always done, and we have live traditional Irish music all night long. So, And, uh, yeah, that's uh, for those listening. We have listeners all over the place. Those who are near the northeastern part of Pennsylvania, uh, the town, again, is Archbald, Pennsylvania, and... Uh, mm-hmm couple of hours ride from New York or Philly if you want to come in and check it out. And is, it. is the bar called Kenny's? It's Kenny's Pub. Yep. It's been there forever. It's uh, on, on Spruce Street, corner of Spruce and Wayne in Archbald. Exit, exit 4. Excellent. <laughs> excellent. Up the Casey Highway. It's, uh, yeah, I've been there before during uh, Parade Day, and uh, it is a lot of fun. And it you really do feel like you're getting a taste of... The old country. Uh, what yeah. what county uh, does your family hail from in Ireland? Mayo. County from Mayo. Mayo. Yeah. So you really had no choice but to have this part of who you are, this culture, this music. And, and uh, you know, when, when you're coming up as a kid, did you feel like it was thrust upon you against your will or did you just love it? The music, yeah. the song and such. Yeah, I always loved to sing. I mean, even I have recordings. Uh, my dad and I, he was teaching me songs, uh, old railroad songs when I was three and four years old on the, you know, reel to reel. We've got like old, really old recordings and stuff. But um, so 
then later, my aunt, who was a professional pianist, um, Aunt Therese Flanagan, she said, you know, these kids are talented. I'm going to uh, encourage them with their Irish-American roots. And so she taught us a whole bunch of uh, traditional Irish songs, and we formed a group called the Kenny Kids. So we went around, you know, we did the nursing home circuit. We traveled around northeastern Pennsylvania. We actually were on the news at one point. <laughs> we performed. I mean, this was, I was younger than 10 years old, so a long time ago. But, um, yeah, so I didn't feel, to answer your question, that it was thrust upon me. I enjoyed it. I, I really, I always loved music. So it was just something that yeah, was part of what we did, you know. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that it is, it's Irish, but it's also Irish-American, you know, as you mentioned, the hard yeah. life that uh, immigrants had when they came to this country back in the late 19th, early 20th century, working in the coal mines, working on the railroads. So a lot of the music and the songs, I, I, I gather, come from the old country, as I mentioned, Ireland, but also are, are songs that were crafted here in the United States, given the experience immigrants were, were uh, having. Absolutely. And I, I saw that immediately when I studied in Limerick. I studied Irish music in Limerick and uh, later in college. And, wow, I, I, my eyes were open to the differences, you know, just lyrically of the songs. And, you know, interesting you said it, it was a difficult experience here, for sure. <clears throat> There's no question for immigrants here, but <clears throat> there was a... Uh, Sorry, a more of a positive spin on a lot of the lyrics here. I noticed more so than than uh, you have uh, when Johnny comes marching home from here. Uh, uh, that's our version, and uh, the Irish one is Johnny. I hardly knew ya. Like you're not coming back, Johnny. <laughs> you know? so, right. I, it was interesting <clears throat> to know those differences. Yeah, I, I I kind of I think I. I understand what you're saying. Not coming back. I, I think that, and, and I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong, it has a little bit to do with when someone left Ireland back in the late 19th century, early 20th century, for the United States, no one expected to ever see them again. It was almost like a, they'd have a wake for them before they left. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a uh, war song, Johnny when Johnny comes marching home or Johnny Ireland knew you, but yes, in the case of leaving and, you know, Things look always look always seem fond from a distance too. So the lyrics would would kind of say that too. Oh, how wonderful Ireland is! It was perfect. It was amazing. Now we're suffering here, you know. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so as as time went on, you grew up and uh, you went out into the world, and you you continue to to live as as an artist, as a performer, and. Uh, you know, reading your bio, you, you've spent time, as you mentioned already, in, in Ireland studying, and uh, in Poland you did some work and studying. Mm -hmm. want, do you want to talk about uh, some, some of those experiences, and Poland in particular? Yeah, well, I uh, was studying at NYU and wanted to pursue film scoring, and uh, this was after you know, Ireland and after college and <clears throat> at a graduate school level. And so I contacted schools uh, in Paris and I, you know, I always love traveling. So that was something I wanted to work into my, I believe it was important for my education overall. So <clears throat> after I um, applied, I, I, 
I got in touch with uh, Professor Marek Koniewski, who runs the uh, computer music composition program at uh, the Academy of Music in Krakow. And also he runs the Audio Arts Festival. I mean, he's just, he runs so many festivals and has his, you know, finger on the pulse of everything artistic happening <laughs> in at least that section of Europe, which always kind of called to me. Um, more so than, I mean, I love Western Europe too. I love all of Europe, to be honest. But uh, Eastern Europe, was, after all they've gone through, um, you know, it reminded me of Ireland in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. I had visited it um, from Ireland, and I did feel that kind of similar, um, I don't know, the vibe of the people. So um, so then I when, once I applied there and, uh, and studied at the Academy of Music in Krakow, from there... Um, I just began to become involved with the artistic community there in Krakow, did a lot of performances. Uh, as I think you mentioned, or at least we you mentioned earlier, uh, the stage show I wrote for, actually, I wrote the songs in Polish, too. So that was, that was interesting, a little bit of a challenge, but but yeah. it was fun. Do you, did, so, do you know the language? You wrote, you wrote in the, the Polish language, That's so you know how to speak Polish. I do know how to speak Polish. I people have told me. I mean, my accent is is good, and people have said I am Polish. People have said I'm fluent. I know that if I listen to a news broadcast, uh, I struggle, but <laughs> I, mean, mm-hmm. I can I can get the gist of it. But um, in terms of my speaking, I mean, I can speak no problem, and I definitely could write songs. I, I liken it to if you've ever listened to like Bjork's. Uh, the songs she writes in English or like a band like Chibo Mato, they might uh, use turns of phrasing correctly or, uh, I don't know, say things in kind of a quirky way, but you get what they're saying. So that's kind of the way I, I wrote it in, in Polish. Ah, in interesting, kind of yeah. fun, entertaining way. So. And I get, I get what you're talking about with Bjork, um, the Icelandic artist. Um, right. So... You, you've had the opportunity to be raised in a, a vibrant, uh, cultural, familial atmosphere that is steeped in working class uh, experience, and, and then you went off into the world and you gravitated toward your, your history, you know, going to Ireland, and, uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, to Europe, um, uh, West, uh, Eastern Europe, as you mentioned, Poland, and back here to northeastern Pennsylvania, do you see a connection or a commonality? You kind of alluded to it already uh, with the way of life, the sensibilities of the people you and the cultures you came across in in places like Ireland and Eastern Europe and Northeastern Pennsylvania? Oh, definitely. In fact, so many things came full circle for me after traveling. And I mean, first of all, when you're young, you think, oh, I want to get out of here. Oh, it's, it's terrible you know i have that even with my own boys i hear that now they're teenagers and they they feel that way and i say well it took me to travel and to go overseas to realize you know what i had here and how amazing it is here and in terms of the sensibility and culturally there's there's no question even the accent of uh particularly northeast pa i mean you you hear it in ireland you know you hear it in in the way people speak, um, I, I don't know, uh, 
three, one, two, three. <laughs> I mean, you, sometimes you hear that, right? You know, Always. Archive, you certainly do, right? Um, so that and and like you said, the working, the the work ethic, frankly, and the working class attitude, and uh, really just being down to earth, and you feel that is in, in Ireland uh, for sure, and here as well. Um, that was one thing that you know, my when I went to Ireland and I had my host family, they said, "Oh, you're American, but we didn't expect you to be so uh, so down to earth." You know, like they really thought I was going to be, I don't know, like a Kardashian or something. <laughs> <laughs> so when I showed up and I was just who I am, they were they were pleasantly surprised by that. I think. So. Yeah, I, I I hear you, and, and uh, you know, then the, the experiences you had, like. Uh, in a cosmopolitan uh, place, more cosmopolitan place such as uh, New York City, uh, which is very close to where you were raised, really. I mean, the influences of New York are here, and you always, I think, I mean, I, I was raised in, this, in the same backyard as you, uh, basically. You always know that New York is there, and you know what it's about, and you're sort of, I think, most of us are drawn to it, or we compare our, our, ourselves to what might exist there, you know, our lives. Well, you lived in New York for a bit. You you perform in New York. You've been the leader of bands in New York. Um, what's the value of that sort of atmosphere as compared to the value of living in the working class, more you know, neighborhood uh, sorts of environments? Do you, can you can you compare, contrast the value and the experience of those different types of, of places? Well, I mean, certainly living and performing and writing in New York City, there is just so much of the different cultural influences. And by that, I mean even, of course, Latin and African and uh, far beyond what we may have in northeastern Pennsylvania. Like, uh, not to say we don't have that, but we don't have it as uh, prominently as as in the city. So I think my songwriting... um, got more broad I expanded my genres um, whereas you know my family we're uh, pretty much besides Irish music a lot of folk music a lot of Kingston Trio a lot of my dad plays and sings he'll do it this year uh, he will at the bar <laughs> <laughs> so we always do that kind of a thing like acoustic and uh, but like I said once I started to just I mean just going into any record store in New York City, you're going to hear everything. I mean, I started to get into Indonesian, Balinese music, <laughs> and things like that, the pentatonic um, systems, and and, and it, it does great things for you if you want to be an artist and you want to expand your own uh, repertoire, your own, rather, genre. Right. You know? Right, well so stated. So I think that's what New York City gives you, you know, one of many things. Go ahead, sorry. No, no, no. This is about what you're thinking. I just, yeah, I was just agreeing. I understand what you're talking about. Uh, I guess there's a value in both places, right? I mean... Oh, definitely. Definitely, yeah. I, uh, like I said, my family's most, mostly folk, mostly rock. That's what we kind of uh, have always gravitated towards. Although I should say my Aunt Teresa was a, was a classically trained pianist as well. So um, we did have that thrown into the mix. 
my entire family is musical, so I can't lay claim to like being the only <laughs> the only Kenny who's got talent. Um, certainly, my sisters are great. My my brother sings. Everybody gets up for St. Patrick's Day, and my mom was. Uh, we recently lost her, but she was she was my biggest promoter. She always had me out there singing and playing. So yeah, yeah, so beautiful. I am lucky. Very yeah. lucky. Oh, yeah. And I've witnessed it. As I said, I've been to your family's place and it is wonderful. It is. You are very fortunate. And, uh, you know, do you think that is sort of um, uh, an aberration in in today's world, having that sort of tight knit, culturally driven and, uh, you know, sort of uh, family uh, atmosphere? Or is that something from the past that might have been more prevalent in the past? You know, I hope not. I hope it's not an aberration. I really hope that, um, and I certainly try with my boys, keep them singing and playing, and I encourage them to do that with their friends. And, and I mean, not just the music. I know you're not referring to only the music. I mean, my, my parents were somehow brilliantly, successfully raised for good, <laughs> good, well, good, like just kids who are, we're, we're close. We were texting this morning, the four of us, you know. Um, getting ready for St. Patrick's Day. So uh, they were very successful with that. And I will say when I traveled to Ireland, I did see families who were continuing that. They they were uh, tight-knit and playing together. And I don't know if you visited Ireland, but you could walk into a pub and there would be kids playing. And uh, I think it's still like that. I haven't been back in a couple of years now. But, um, but they... You know, that is something music is really important in, in the Irish culture in general. So, but in terms of people staying tight, oh, I hope they do. You know, I, families need each other now more than ever, right? Mm-hmm. So, definitely. Yeah. And, well, how about, you know, this is a similar sort of uh, question, or at least it's related to what we're talking about. How hard is it? To, to make a living, though, from from the arts, from music in particular? Uh, you know, has that been a, a challenge for you? Well, uh, yeah, I am uh, scrappy, so I've always tried to fig- find out or figure out uh, ways to use, to actually do something that I love and make money from it. And in this case... Um, I am an early childhood music teacher. I have my own business. Uh, I teach, it's called Music Together of Bloomsburg. And so I've got, well, pre-COVID, I had 90 students. <laughs> so hmm. now it's, it's slowly starting to pick up again. So in terms of, I mean, if you're asking just a, to be a performance artist, I think, yes, that would be challenging for me to try to support myself and my family that way. Um, right now but being an educator as well and i also you know i it's music so I'm, I'm thrilled with that um and it's been it's been very successful and it's been great for me i've got families here who really uh get a lot out of it and it's good it's good for them too it's musical bonding it's, it's i teach tonality and rhythm to very young children from infant to age six and it helps the parents with their parenting, redirecting, uh, you know, quelling tantrums and uh, just making 
their parenting journey a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to say I'm <laughs> any kind of a genius here or anything, but it's 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 fun when you incorporate music into your into your uh, parenting, especially when they're really small and they need they can't they can't exactly communicate to you what their needs are, but you can you can turn their day around, turn their attitudes around, and use the music, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, my household's very musical, always has been. And, and uh, I just assume everybody's is. And I, I see the value of it uh, just, yeah. you know, making making you happier or, or even dealing with difficult times with uh, music accompaniment, so to speak, whether it be on the radio or someone's playing the piano or a guitar or what have you. And I, I can't imagine people that don't have any of that going on in their households. But I, I think that does exist, too. Um I'm I'm uh, I, I'm just reflecting on that. You're making me realize that, you know, maybe I take it for granted as well. It's a gift. It's a gift to it, have that. It it really is. It really is. Now, getting back to live performances, um, you know, it's oftentimes an organic. It should be, I think, at its best, an organic, somewhat at least, uh, experience. And part of that is is maybe reading the crowd during a show and and you're pretty good at that from what i gather how do you do that i mean (laughs) how do you stay i mean you don't just go in go in with like this this uh glossy look on your eye and just go through the motions you're there you're present how how does how does that occur yeah well i i uh, with this passion i have for music and i mean really like a young age I, I heard my son actually say recently to a friend of his, I don't need Shazam. I have my mother. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love all genres, all kinds of music. So I can um, walk into a room and I'm, like, I'm playing. I'll go, okay, kind of gauging the age of the people in the room. If it's an older crowd, I'll do, I could do Patsy Cline. I can do, I did like the other day for a, an older group, uh, Nancy Sinatra, these boots are made for walking. I mean, these are simple, fun great songs. I mean, Patsy Klein, she's amazing. Um, maybe some Loretta Lynn, not just country. Now I'm throwing out a lot of country stuff here for you. But then um, later, uh, maybe 40-somethings, I'll say, okay, they might like Tom Petty. They might like Fleetwood Mac. They might like, uh, how about them? They might like the Cranberries, you know, whatever. You know, so I'll go through, you name it. I love uh, Jefferson Airplane. I love Grace Slick. I love things like that, Linda Ronstadt. Um, I even do Billie Eilish. I mean, if I, you know, and these are the covers. I'm just saying covers. I write my own stuff, and that's why I prefer to do my own music, of course. But but I also, I appreciate other people's writing, <laughs> you know, so I yeah. have no problem doing that. Well, when you, when so. you do your own stuff, uh, is that cross-genres, too, or is it more more folk music, would you say? Oh, How- definitely. Oh, in fact, that's funny you ask, because... Um, one of the songs that people really uh, are requesting that I'm, of mine is called Zapatos Nuevos. So it's uh, it's uh, actually my version of, <laughs> of a murder ballad. I give myself these parameters and I, you know, try to write within them. And uh, and it's uh, got a Latin Latin feel to it. So I do, I do a lot of different genres, you know, jazzy stuff and, uh, of course, straight-ahead rock stuff. So. And are are you trying to get a message across, or like you del- delving into social ills and challenges, love, or is it you know simpler? It's simpler. It's whatever. You know, I do have a a, a pretty deep one. 
like a country ballad called Daddy. Um, but other than that, uh, I don't know. I don't have, really have a message. No. I may on any given day, but not, not overall. Right. You're not writing tunes like uh, Bob Dylan with uh, that sort of exactly. underpin. Exactly. But you Nothing love Bob Dylan, I'm sure. Nothing anthemic yet. <laughs> what was that? I said nothing anthemic yet. <laughs> yet. We're talking to Carrie Kenny here on Troubadours and Rock on Tours, and uh, she is a singer, songwriter, and teacher, among other things. Uh, part of a, a family institution, an Irish-American pub in uh, Archbald, Pennsylvania. And uh, we're coming on. St. Patrick's Day. Before you know it, it'll be here. I think it's actually a month today, isn't it, that we talk. Yeah. The day we, today's February 17th that we're talking. Um, yeah. So uh, let's, let's hear about future projects, upcoming projects. Anything uh, that's interesting you want to share with us? Uh, well, we're recording an album, which uh, has been a long time coming. Again, that was something that's been postponed with covid COVID fun, so we're getting that, uh, we're wrapping it up soon, and uh, we'll be playing some festivals, um, we're waiting to hear on the uh, Berwick River Fest, we just played the Scranton Ice Festival, which was a blast <laughs> downtown Scranton a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, of course we've got the St. Patrick's Day celebrations coming up at Kenny's Pub. Uh, on the 12th and the 17th of March. Off the top of my head, that's it right now. Well, you know, we're still dealing with the pandemic, so things, performances are not as as uh, often as they used to be. Hopefully that changes because, as you exactly. said, live music is such a great way to, to reinvigorate uh, your, your, better, your better angels and maybe to, to also... Uh, deal with your your uh, your demons a little bit too sometimes, right? In a healthy manner. Yeah, and you you do a lot of good work in in the classroom and in the uh, in the clubs and on the stage too of of, uh, of various venues across the the globe. And I appreciate you sharing some of your experiences and your insights with us here on Troubadours and Rock on Tours. Any any um, closing thoughts that you'd like to share with the throngs of listeners as we as we go off? <laughs> Thanks, EW. Well, I think um, get out there and make music, people. Make sure you keep doing that. If you have little ones, make sure you work on music at home with them. And by that, I mean just model active music making and your child, it'll become their second language too, which is really what it should be. Music should be our our second language. It, it should be something that comes completely naturally to us and is part of our being. Um, we usually play, one other gig I wanted to mention that is coming up is uh, Jack's Draft House in Scranton. So that, I'm waiting on a date for that for March. And yep. They could check your website out too, and I guess that would be you want exactly. to give want to give that information. Yeah, it's Carrie K E R R Y Kenny K E N N Y dot com. Very easy, and that's easy. CarrieKenny.com. I'm playing at Best Cigar Pub. I have all these dates, but I don't have them on the you know in front of me right now. So, 
Well, I, I appreciate. I appreciate. I look forward to uh, seeing you out, and uh, hopefully during parade season and St. Patrick's Day pre- uh, season, I could see you and your family doing your thing. Thank you so much for being yeah. on the program. Thanks, E.W. Take Thanks. care. Have a good one. Bye, bye. This could be the first day of the rest of your life. But I was mystified by the images on the screen. Well, this could be the first day of the rest of your life, you tell yourself. But I was amused at the thoughts of my ancestors. Well, it could have been me, but my number had just come up at exactly, exactly the right time. And the view from the floor was Was of the fields and of the trees And you convinced yourself It was the end of the thing 
And now, some actual facts and figures, statistics, as gathered by Harper's Magazine for their February 2022 edition, Harper's Index, actual facts and figures. Percentage of Republicans and Democrats, respectively, who got a flu shot in the 2019-2020 flu season, 53 and 56, who say they have gotten or are very likely to get a flu shot this season, 44 Republicans, 68 Democrats. Percentage increase in U.S. sales of cigarettes in 2020, four-tenths of a percent increase. Year in which U.S. cigarette sales last increased, the year 2000. Portion of Americans aged 18 to 25 who say their alcohol use has increased during the pandemic, one-fifth or 20%. Who say their drug use has increased, also one-fifth or 20%. Portion of Americans who say that drug use has been a source of trouble for their family, one-third or 33%. Average number of times people switch between screens or tabs per day, 566. Average number of minutes it takes to get back on task after checking a cell phone notification, 25 minutes. Percentage increase in U.S. workers who have been involved in a workplace relationship since the start of the pandemic, 26 percentage increase. Percentage of adults with shared finances who have lied to their partners about money, 39%. Percentage by which fewer Americans planned to celebrate Valentine's Day last year than the year before, 5%. Percentage change since 2017 in the number of married Americans who say their spouse makes life meaningful, negative 58%. Estimated number of U.S. households that acquired a cat or dog during the pandemic, 23 million households. Factor by which the number of dog training services offered via Zoom increased during the pandemic, by a factor of two. Percentage by which more working women than men report experiencing burnout often or almost always, 20%. Number of years by which the average retirement age is lower in China than in the United States. Three years. Minimum number of U.S. employee walkouts since the start of the pandemic. 1,670. Percentage increase since August in Google searches for, quote, how to send a resignation email. 3,450. 50. Portion of active duty U.S. military families that face food insecurity, one-sixth. Percentage increase in rat sightings in New York City last year, 52%. Minimum number of birds killed each year in New York City by collisions with glass windows, 90,000. Minimum number of whales killed by collisions with ships each year, 750. 
portion of U.S. adults who say they have questioned the meaning of life in the past year, one quarter, who say that suffering is mostly a consequence of one's own actions, seven-tenths, who believe in heaven, three-quarters, portion of Americans with graduate degrees who believe in ghosts, one-third. What do you make of that? Can the pattern on your shirt 
speak any clearer the value and worth, the girth, the verve on the other side of your sternum. She said the familial compass lives deeply inside the verse we find within the soul. And my mouth is dry for a drink of something nourishing, beautiful, and strong. Pour it into the largesse of a ceramic bowl, so I may drink to dance better within the throng. Episode 460 of Troubadours and Rock on Tours with yours truly, E.W. Conundrum Demure. I'd like to thank those folks who made this episode possible. 
First and foremost, Carrie Kenny. I'd like to thank Harper's Magazine and these musical artists, Thelonious Monk, Anna Fox Rochinsky, John Prine, TV Priest, Margaret Glaspie, The Nude Party, Terrence Blanchard and Brantford Marsalis too. And, of course, I would like to thank you for listening. Until next time, let's give it a go and do our best with this time. Take care.